This is where normal comes to die. Mediocrity meets its final demise, and the status quo is unabashedly dismantled. Welcome to Reinvention Radio. Now, here's your host, Steve Olsher. Hello. Oh, there, there I go. You are. Now My I goodness, I am on. It's much better. Oh, bueno. How you doing there, Wade? Got it under control in the studio. We're good. We're good. We're good. That's sweet. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of Reinvention Radio. Steve Olsher hanging out with the lovely Mary Goulet. Hello, Mary Goulet. Hello, Steve. You got uh, the opposite Tiger Woods Sunday gear on today. Do you know the Tiger Woods Sunday gear? Of course, black with red top. Yeah, and what do you have on right now? Black top, red pants. Uh-huh. <laughs> the opposite Tiger Ow. Woods. I love it. Sweet. Uh, Tay, what's up, babyish? How's it going? Good, How are you? Good. And uh, the one and only, the beautiful... Alana Pratt, hello, Alana. I am so deliciously excited to be here. Yeah, well, yeah. it's awesome yeah, having we'll you here. check with you later. Yeah, I know, right? Give it another 42 <laughs> minutes and we'll, uh, we'll see how that goes. Man, I'm super excited to have you here and, uh, and super excited to talk about uh, the conversation uh, that, that, frankly, I don't think enough people have uh, mm-hmm. whatsoever. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt about that. We're, we're, it's like... Let me ask you this. We're, we're in, and we'll get into your background and all that fun stuff, but I mean, like with all the social media stuff and the kids and whatnot, and we're going to be talking about intimacy today, eh, do, do people even know how to be intimate anymore? Like, is that even, is that even possible? Like, do, people don't learn this stuff, right? I think they completely misunderstand what intimacy, intimacy is. I think they think it's genital copulation. Wait, and, it's not? <laughs> well, it, it kind of popped into my mind at first, yes. It includes sex. But it's really about intimacy. I see. It's really about no masks, total vulnerability, total connection, that sense of home inside that you can share with another. Mm-hmm. So you can be intimate with anybody. Yeah. Well, it better start with yourself. It'd be great to add your body. I've got that down pat. Got your body on there, too? <laughs> <laughs> and, I look, and I look at myself. I've got like this big mirror, and I look at myself, and it's, uh, I make it into like it's a whole to-do. So, but not, Icarus, we're not talking narcissism here. We're oh. talking about really, can you love <laughs> she your wife? She pegged you. <laughs> can uh, you she love- can if she wants. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's Good another thing conversation. That no, but that's remember, not what you mean by intimacy. Remember though. when you were on my podcast and you revealed some more wobbly parts of you? The idea with intimacy. As I get older, I get more and more wobbly. <laughs> it's true. Double bouncing. I know I've had a baby. But but the idea is, can I love my wobbly parts equally to my magnificent parts? That means unconditional love. Here we are seeking to be unconditionally loved and never judged, but we don't even do it for ourselves. Yeah. That's insane. That's not possible. No. So we want to love our, our, our hips. No, I mean, I don't, think it's impo- I don't think it's possible to love yourself. Like, like completely love yourself. Like, Absolutely I think there's always going to be. Okay, start with this. Yes. Do you should on yourself? Uh, all the time. As a matter of fact, go. right before right? my surgery, I was shooting on myself like plenty. Wait, that's not what you mean. Yes, no, exactly, well, that no, is what he's we mean. making fun of I us. Know. That's like so, a Father's Day picture, <laughs> right? It's just, see, Richie knows, but no, seriously, like I don't think it's possible. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm, uh, maybe I'm the odd man out here, but I mean, I don't like all that stuff. Sounds you know airy fairy, like woo, we like. It's like I mean, I, I get well, I know all that, it has but to be cool for you to do it. But it's, but really, it is cool to stop judging yourself if you really want to be a great father. And I read that that blog or that email. You're amazing. But if you really want to be Yeah, a great but that was the email I shared about the good stuff. I didn't share the email. <laughs> like, no, but at the end of the email, you said we're really learning here how to pick ourselves back up again mm-hmm. when we failed. And you can do that in two ways, motivated by you should and judge. And if you want light and confidence to come through that, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, if you can see the gift in the challenge, then that would be love. Well, part of what you said, too, was also 
including the wobbly parts. Totally. So, and, and that might, from what I'm hearing there, it doesn't sound like it's mutually exclusive. Just because you say you can love yourself fully and Steve says you can't love yourself fully, I don't, it might just be this small little disconnect that he thinks that has to be every single second of time. And I didn't hear that at any moment you might, for a moment, not feel like that. Oh, no. But then I'm you quickly certain- get back. I, yeah, I think the idea is that we're, we're perfectly imperfect. And the idea of loving ourselves doesn't mean that means all parts of ourselves are happy necessarily. Mm-hmm. It just means we're not going to resist that part of ourselves. So I believe true self-love is, hey, wobbly, you know, insecure, doubtful part, I got your back. Mm-hmm. Not I'm going to fix you, change you, you better, you better change. None of that. Just let it be okay. Be an allowance of it. Yeah, but this is like, this is, this is a new thing for you, right? I mean, like you weren't always this, always this way. Right? Like, and I'm you, not, you and grew I'm not, into it. I certainly grew into it, and I'm by no means perfect, and I don't think I'll ever get there either, as Rich was saying. Mm-hmm. But I have had more love, joy, health, money, everything that I choose to create in my life when I stopped hitting myself over the head with a two-by-four every time I wasn't perfect. And I started to have allowance, and then a little humor, and then a couple jokes here and there. Yeah. And I just brought all these wobbly Alanis. But somehow along. you turned the corner. So, like, that's, you got to take us back. So, you, mm, this wasn't always Alana Pratt. I mean, like, they're, no, this, people, this is a different, well, we're all, we're all evolving. We're all growing. Some of us are shrinking. But, you know, most of us are, are growing. So, you take us back, though, because at some point here, this wasn't you. Correct. So who was the old Alana? And was it Pratt at that point or was it a different name even? It's always been Alana Pratt. I've been married twice, divorced twice, but <laughs> changed them along the way. But it's been yeah. Alana Pratt who hopped on Uncle Phil's 18-wheeler semi from Canada when I was 19 for L.A. to be a dancer. Failed. Uh, didn't have... No, you were still a dancer. You just didn't get paid enough money to dance. I didn't get a job. Yeah, you're still <laughs> yeah. a dancer. True. Very good. And so are you. Great dancer. <laughs> but no, so I moved to Tokyo and that's Whoa. where I... Oh, yep. Yeah, I think I'm going to go to Tokyo. Yeah. How did live- that happen? <laughs> they pay um, good for dancing. There's right? Oh, there, there, for there's Americans. that, right? <laughs> yeah, you're tall. You're like, I mean, come on. Like in Japan, you were probably like, I mean, you were, they were like, oh my God, we're no, going to pay her a lot. No. I had a great time. I made more than my parents combined. Dancing, modeling, being a spokesperson had a blast. And um, it was actually one of the first times I learned to love my body. As we were talking about bellies in our last interview, Mary, um, I was a topless dancer. And I arrived I'm at the Four Seasons Hotel, beautiful hotel, right? And there's these gorgeous costumes. I'm being paid a crap load of money. It's very elegant, but there's no tops on the, the, the costumes. And I thought, well, no one's going to find out. So just do it. Take the money and run. Mm-hmm. But what Wait, I were did, you actually nervous? So like the old oh Alana, my God, like you the were... The old Alana was like, oh my God, I'm a whore. This is horrible. I was so embarrassed. So you felt like a whore because you were getting my, paid my to, to show the boobs. Everybody saw my boobies. I was so embarrassed. <laughs> Awful. Wait, but wait, wait. Noticed, so you got to go back for a second, though. So, um, so you go to LA. So you, you move from Canada. You go to LA. You try modeling. I can't get a job you, because I'm Canadian. So I can get work a visa. No, stuff? no, no work visa. But everybody that went to Japan had to get a visa, so I could go. So I went with three Americans. Wait. So parents divorced. I want to try to get. A, I want to try to understand like the the the, the wounded Alana. So the the wounded Alana is what child of divorce. Mm-hmm. Sexual and abuse, was there any of that stuff going no, on? No, my dad was just drunk and stoned all the time. Just drunk and, and stoned. lied, and my mom was just checked out. Mm-hmm. So that was sort of the upbringing. So mom leaves. How old were you when mom leaves? When I was 18, my parents divorced. Oh, 18. Mm-hmm. So was it, like, unpleasant throughout all those years? Did you, oh, yeah. you probably didn't learn love 
in, in that environment. Nowhere to be found. And I was the people pleaser in the center of it all, trying to make everybody get along. And were they staying together until you were 18 specifically? Of course, because that's what people do, right? Mm-hmm. And that creates really healthy children. Brothers, Not... sisters, was it like a whole family unit? One sister. One sister. And she knew enough to leave and go into her room every day. I was in the center of the fire trying to fix it all. Mm-hmm. Older sister, younger just Younger sister. Younger sister. So... Yeah. Uh, so family, not great from a unit perspective in terms of mom and dad fighting. Mm, you're trying to fix it. They but wait I until was, you're 18. But I would dance around the living room to Jesus Christ Superstar. I would run around the ottoman until I like fell over like a little Sufi dancer ever since I was five years old. So I just yeah. loved dancing. And that was my ticket out. I thought, oh, my God, I can get a job out of here. I tried to go to college, study business, hated it. So I quit. And that's when I left. So was that kind of like you were what? If you will, growing up, like you knew dancing was your thing. What is it? What's Steve what is your, what's Steve, Right? Yes. That was it. Yes. So dancing. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's my connection to uh, freedom and expression and joy. That when you feel like you're most intimate with yourself? Except when I'm wearing clothes. So there I am on the stage with no top on, noticing that all the French girls on the other side Wait, of the I just stage... Wait, you can't blow that off. You gotta, like, how do you go from L.A. to Tokyo? Like, how does that happen? Like, you're a, in L.A. and... And I'm trying out for, like, Opryland, Disneyland, all these different shows, and I'm good enough, but I don't have a visa. I even stayed, I even went and at 4.30 in the morning downtown to get a, a working visa card along with all the other thousands of immigrants down there. I've tried everything I could to try to get a job in America. It didn't work. Wow. Okay, so, so how did this Tokyo thing, how did that $40 left to my name or a, a, a credit card to go home and, and admit failure and work at my dad's pharmacy. Not going to happen. Mm. So $40 left. I got on a plane, and I went over to dance in a show. And it was actually funny because when I got there, the other girls went faster because their visas got faster because they were American. I'm Canadian. So I had to fly all by myself. And there I was, 19 years old, and Alana-san, yes, yes, no English, no English, come, come, come. So I get into this van, and it's been an hour. Hungry? No, no hungry. I mean, I have $40. That's all I have. So two hours. Wait, was there, what year is this? This is 90. 89. 89. So so the internet is like, like, how did you even find this gig? I, I auditioned. Not online, in, like no. And now, well, you go, you go to the different dance studios and you look on the wall and the different auditions for Disneyland, Opryland, or shows in Reno, Nevada, or to, or Japan. Oh, you show up for the audition. So you went, and you auditioned. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and you're I'm a badass and, dancer. I did well. I did it. <laughs> so you're. So how old are you at this point? You're nineteen, twenty. I'm nineteen years old. You're and nineteen. It's three hours now in the van, and I still haven't eaten. And he's still saying, "Are you hungry?" And I'm clear he's going to sell me into slavery. Right. And he goes, "I pay. I Is pay." Is this a no window van? I just want to get like the. Are we talking? like no, one of no, those white vans white vans but windows so white, I'm, oh, I'm going windows. more okay. and more into the middle of nowhere and then he goes i pay i pay so we go to denny's and so you're get, expecting tokyo with all the bright lights and the whole nine he drives you out into no, god knows where god knows where it was an onsen a hot spring hotel it was beautiful when we finally got there and i was alive um and i danced with these three girls in a show at a hot spring hotel with all these yakuza you know the the mafia yeah, yeah sure no fingers in the whole thing yeah, yeah. the tats so yeah that's that was my first experience dancing in a show i kept my top on in the first one just g-string fishnets and then when i got to tokyo and they would pay you three times more yeah. to dance at the four seasons hotel that was my first experience and it was wonderful steve because i learned how to transform men's attention because the girls on the one side of the stage, the French girls with no tops, all the guys on their side of the stage were like bowing and all oh, very, very nice and all this honor and integrity. On my side of the stage, they're like, hey, chicken baby. Like, <laughs> they were like, oh, gross. But here's the deal. It was an out external um, projection of my internal belief that I was a whore. I was dirty. My body was not a divine temple. So I went home and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be like the other girls. So there I was. And, and there's a... Um, 
Tibetan practice called Tonglen, where the monks breathe in the pain and suffering of the world and exhale out love and compassion. That's what these girls were doing. They were breathing in all the judgment from the men in the audience, and they were going, yes, thanks for noticing. I am a goddess. And they were breathing that back out. So I did it on the second night, and it worked. Mm. And all the men on my side of the stage started bowing to me, and I realized my point of view about my body as a piece of meat or a work of art is my job, my belief in my worth. Just like coming back to the intimacy conversation, my belief in like, you're a bad person, Alana, because you didn't, you failed here, or hey, you did your best. Let's keep mm-hmm. going. We got this. Mm-hmm. This internal conversation, this intimate relationship with ourselves, changes everything. Well, so you're roughly 20 years old at that point. You've got it pretty dialed in. You do what then? Do you stay in Tokyo for oh, a I, number of years? Do you I fall in love? Of course, isn't that what everyone does when you, they? So you fall in love with a Japanese dude? I actually did have a relationship with a Japanese man, and I know what a love hotel is. <laughs> um, do you know what a love hotel is? Uh, a brothel? I do. Oh, tell us. Tell us, Rich. Well, yeah, I didn't participate in the Love Hotel. Oh, no, you can tell us. Part- <laughs> but I have a friend. <laughs> it's another another podcast. He's getting red. He's blushing. <laughs> well, it's part of why I said they pay well over there. I, kn- I know. Yeah. What is I've it? I've been there. I've been uh, there before. I'll let her Is that, how you, is that how you paid for your college ad, man? No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> so Love Hotel. So Love Hotels, um, you can rest or stay. Rest, you just get to go in for three hours. Stay, you get to stay like eight hours or what have you. But it's uh, because in the Japanese culture, you tend to live with your family through, you know, rice paper doors. This is how you go have like bound chicka bound bow as loud as you want. Mm. Love hotels. So, yes, I did date a very handsome man from Okinawa at one point. But in general, uh, it's a really big gaijin uh, foreigner community there. So I dated uh, different men. And I actually fell in love with my first husband after on year three of four years living in Japan. So you lived in Japan for four years, mm-hmm. fell in love with it. Where was he from, and did you, you then came back after that? I probably so shouldn't tell where he's from, but he's American, East Coast. Yes, and we came back, and we did the whole marriage. I was going to Columbia University, and we he was a Wall Street guy, and you know I had this picture-perfect life of uh, this guy taking care of me, the big ring on my finger and the mm-hmm. whole thing. But when I came back, I was so fully expressed, Eve, over there. I mean, I used to walk the beaches of, of, of Koh Phangan in Thailand just in a floss G-string. That's it. Just like, I love my body. My body is Do you divine. Have any pictures of those days? Like, is there, I mean, because I, I actually don't believe you. <laughs> so you have to I prove do. It. I do. Yeah. I do have pictures. Yeah. And why would you ever not believe me, Steve? Yeah, we're going to need validation. Rich and I, uh, we're going to need validation on that before we, uh, we just terrible. accept that as fact. That's because uh, I'm thinking it's just kind of fake news. No, you know, no. so no, you so know, it is it is crazy because back then I was in comparison. I'm more confident now. I mean, I danced at Cheetahs for my 47th birthday on amateur night, feeling more confident in my body after having a baby stretch marks the whole thing than I did back when I was 20. Well, it was actually a spiritual practice. I made myself walk up and down the beach. It was like a three mile stretch until I could stop worrying about what people thought of me or they were looking at me or I could stop comparing myself to others. I've always been like up for spiritual practices that are kind of intense. Yeah. And this was one of them but let's be honest i mean you are an above average looking woman i oh, mean i don't want to i don't want to put like a zero to ten on that but let's just call it a ten so but let's just call it a ten right so you know I, I mean reality is that there are a lot of um uh women who are not going to be able to do that in the same way a lot of men frankly although if i walked up and down the thailand beach in a g-string I might actually be able to pay for my children's college. I don't know. Um, but the point being, like, what do you say to the women who don't 
have the benefit of a lot of what you have. I mean, let's be honest. It's a lot easier. It's like the guy who has a lot of money. You know, money doesn't fucking matter because I got all this money, but money doesn't matter. You know what I mean? So it's like, how do you reconcile that for the women who are That's her whole teaching, though. This well, is the biggest misunderstanding the I think that holds a lot of us back is that for some reason they forget that there's always equal support and challenge in every single situation. Okay, so the support is I'm 5'10", relatively thin. The, the challenge is men don't value me for my heart, my soul, just for arm candy, and I'm used a lot. Mm-hmm. So there's equal challenge and support for me. And then for the opposite, someone who might not be 5'10 and thin, they might be more voluptuous as a natural state. So they might not get all of the eyeballs. But when they do get that conversation, they are seen for the richness and depth of their soul, their purpose, their mind, all these other qualities, and someone that appreciates voluptuousness. Only 3% of men search uh, for, for um, skinny online. 97% search for tits, ass. NILF is one of the most uh, searched for words on the internet. Mm-hmm. So this idea that we all need to be thin is actually kind of a myth when you look at t- the actual statistics. Yeah. Steve even looks for gilfs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know bestiality. I mean, like, uh, you know, why, why not? Like, I mean, you know, come on. That's why porn was, you know, it was invented for my personal consumption. But... <laughs> Wow. I, I mean, I'm trying to get my arms around this, though, because it's like, in theory, it sounds all well and good. But like, practically speaking, mm-hmm. how do you get folks and, and even men who have, you know, body issues and of and which there have, are a lot. Yeah. And who have been victims of abuse in their own right. I mean, just how do you get people back to kind yes. of, I don't want to say square one, but at least to a point of, of having some degree of confidence in who they yeah, are. Yeah, home on the inside. One of the cool things, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trained a lot. I'm always in a coaching program. I'm always learning more about how to be a better coach. So what I've learned is that sprinkles on top of the ice cream cone of shit doesn't work. Just thinking affirmations doesn't work. Things are lodged. Trauma's lodged. Yeah. Self-doubt is lodged on the limbic system in the, in the emotional body. You got to go there in order to heal it. So I've created my own transformational process. Processes. I've learned other transformational processes. The brain doesn't know the difference if you actually fly on a plane to Copangan and walk the beach or you just close your eyes and I take you through a process. And so what I do is I take people through whatever I believe is the most efficient process, whether it's healing trauma, changing a limiting belief, this polarity that, oh, it's easy for skinny people and hard for fat people, whatever their thing is that's their block, I can take them through a process where we can, it's called like equilibration or a healing of that emotion until they can see a completely different point of view. They're no longer resisting one reality. They're balanced in all of reality and thus they have choice. They're present. They're, they, they come from this centered home place moving forward. It looks like weight falls off their body. It looks like they start to attract a partner that's emotionally available because they're now they're emotionally available to mm-hmm. themselves. It looks like they can receive money because they actually value themselves in a way rather than push away the very value that they are monetarily. There's a lot of different ways it shows up. Mm-hmm. But it's basically about manifesting this unconditional relationship, as I said, wobbly and all. So it's not about all, everything's perfect. It's about I'm in allowance of everything, in resistance of nothing, unapologetic. Here I am, the good, the bad, the ugly. That freedom of expression is what's going to bring you that which you desire. But we still have to be a choice. We're still in charge. Yeah, so so take us back, though, because you you got to this point where you're comfortable, you feel good about who you are and what you do. 
you marry this guy. And then I fell flat on my face again. Yeah. So what did you, you just had like a relapse? Or well, what, yeah, what happened? Because I mean, because you would think you're you're enlightened. You're, you know, you, you've got this intimacy thing down. Like, no, grasshopper. No. no, I wasn't. So <laughs> here I am with this really tall, dark and handsome multimillionaire living the life, right? Richie Ote. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. So I'm going in on the train every day to, to Columbia University. I'm going out to my nice house in you know Connecticut on the weekends. But all the other men in the Wall Street community would come up and they wouldn't put their hand on the small of my back. They'd put it kind of on my ass. So I heard you were a dancer. It's not kind of. It's just like it is. It either okay, is on, on your, my yeah, ass. Yeah. yeah. And their wife is sitting right there. So I heard you're a dancer. Right. And my and I just got ashamed. And so I shut down. I started meditating in the closet. Uh, because my husband at the time thought that was stupid. Meditation. Uh, meditation yeah. was stupid. Um, and you, the little box that I put you in, you are just trying to get out of that box. And that's not working for me. Get back in the box. Back in the bowl. Back in the box. Um, so, yeah, I lost myself for a while. Oh, did he have, I mean, he must have had a different expectation of who, he, of who he wanted you to be then. Because, I mean, if he wanted, like, he should not have allowed that to happen to you, right? I mean, especially if it's his coworkers, wives, right, you know, wives are right there. I mean, like, that sort of thing. I mean, like. He Back was, in the day, well, it's partially or, where. Wait a minute! Didn't Bill Clinton just get in trouble for talking about how you know back in the day that was acceptable? No, but everything like, science. He was like, a he was it's a man. Never been okay. True, but he was a um, everything science. So he was the same vibration as me in his world. Sure, he was worth ten million or so, but all of his colleagues were worth fifty or a hundred or a hundred and fifty. So he was insecure, not knowing how to stand up to his colleagues. I was still insecure and growing, had done a really good job in Japan, but against all these people rejecting me or shaming me, I didn't know how to find my purpose. So we were two little insecure people trying to look good, do it right, and do our best. Mm-hmm. Well, And I was going to ask, it sounds like you've worked through a lot of processes and a lot of what we're talking about is where you're at now. Yeah. So you know, whether it's called the law of attraction or whatever, at that time, do you think you hadn't worked through and maybe you still saw yourself as the arm candy because it sounds like that's what he kind of saw it like hey getting in there this is stupid you know what i mean well, and I, also I know that's not 20. where you're at now exactly that's kind of where i'm going yeah. like, 25 maybe yeah by this point i was about 25 for sure so yeah we we're on an evolution celebrate the process is the name of my company not celebrate the goal because life is about a process and so i was completely learning and doing the best i could do at the time but we also want to remember that we are the sum total of the six people we hang out with the most oh, it's shit. all science right <laughs> <laughs> I know you're so in trouble, Mary. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Yeah, so I was hanging out with all people that didn't see me, honor me, value me. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, I just did the best I could in mm-hmm. the soup that I was drowning in. Got it. Yeah. yeah, but it would seem like, I mean, you had the experience of being in sort of this uh, enlightened phase, if you will. Did you not try to bring him towards you as opposed to him bringing you towards him? Well, let's continue with the story. So then we moved from New York City to Los Angeles, and I find my people. I find my spiritual people. So we're doing all these work. I'm doing all these workshops. And yes, I did invite him to therapy and to workshops. Wait, so he quit Wall Street to move with you to L.A. to pursue dancing? He quit Wall Street to do like a hedge fund. That's then, not quitting. And then that didn't uh, – well, their company yeah. actually fell apart. So their company on Wall Street fell apart. They all started a hedge fund. He moved out to do the, the L.A. office mm-hmm. for it. Um, and so he moved out six months before I graduated from Columbia. I came out and I was literally at a wedding and talk. I needed tissue paper, you know, when there's no tissue paper, Mary. And so yeah. I asked somebody and they're like, oh, and then we got to know each other. And next thing I know, I'm in these workshops and I'm finding my people, my spiritual people Your are not. Tribe. They don't hang in the closet. They meditate together. Are you kidding? Like, seriously? So I invited him along. But it, now he was out of his element. Mm-hmm. He was uncomfortable. And we tried, but it didn't work out. 
mm-hmm. and we parted ways. Consciously uncoupled the best way one could. Yeah. So was that in terms of your personal journey? And by the way, um, the destination is the road. Yeah, baby. The journey is the destination. Thank you. Slap your ass. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. That's that's out of a book called uh, Journey to You by uh, this guy. So uh, so you so you're in L.A. You get divorced, and now you're like, um, these are my people. Right. I'm in my tribe. And at this point, you're you're pursuing more of this this spiritual. Mm-hmm. Path. I'm leading goddess you're... getaways. So, and are I... you? Let me ask you a question because I mean, to mm, it's like the people that have a lot of money, right? Who then try to you know, switch from that, as I call it, from prominence to to relevance, mm-hmm. because they're afraid of legacy. You know, they're afraid of like I don't want to be remembered as just this person who had a lot of money and you know I took care of me and those closest to me, but really nobody else. Yeah. Is, is this kind of the thing for you where like, you know, Hey, I'm this, I'm this beautiful girl no. and I'm trying to prove to the world that there's more to me than just this, no, you know, not at all. Gorgeousness. Not at all. No, I signed a big fucking prenup. I had no money. <laughs> so mm-hmm. if I'm going to leave, I'm going with nothing. And it was really just, um, I remember watching this movie Kama Sutra with him and just looking at the love that was happening in that movie that was void in our relationship. And we tried therapy. We tried everything. And so that weekend we were going to go on a trip to Spain or Portugal or I don't know where we were going to go. I said, I'm, I'm not going. And I didn't have my But green... we just watched Kama Sutra. No, but, I, but he <laughs> couldn't meet me there. Card. No. And I didn't have a green card yet. I was still an alien. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, you're still an alien when you have a green card, but whatever. Um, I'm like, well, I'm more willing to go back to Tokyo, back to Canada, than stay in this, you know, this mm-hmm. relationship. So, so I, I, I said, I'm not going on the trip. He went. The very next day, the green card arrived. Ooh, that oh, that was wow. a sign. That's called jump in the net appears. And then I'm on my own, divorced, and with not a lot of money um, because I didn't get anything. And he didn't earn any money once we got married. So there was no, you know, I don't get appreciation on his, inter- or his interest. Mm-hmm. On that, I got nothing. So mm-hmm. there I am, nothing. So it was more of a living your truth rather than trying to prove a legacy. And then I got the call that mom's dying. Your mom. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Within 10 days, she was gone. Wow. Holy moly. And I had been dating somebody briefly before that, a dot-commer, a lot of charisma, really up for justice. It looked all looked great. He'd call me from Hong Kong. I'd say, hey, go down the street to this bar. I felt so cool, you know, mm-hmm. the whole thing. Um, but once I got, um, once my mom was dying and I got married right before she, like, so she would know I, I was going to have somebody, all the wrong reasons here, trying to replace that relationship with a marriage, trying to have a child, doing it all from a closed heart, just not feeling into anything, this sort of desperation. So again, it's sort of like if you can see me like a DNA spiral, I keep going up, Yeah. but there's a dark side of the moon I go by. But if you actually measured it, I'm still growing, but I'm just going through another tough stage. Yeah. And then we come around the front and things go well for a while, and I'm actually a lot higher off than I was. But life is always going to be an equal measure of pleasure, pain, equal measure of support and challenge. So the dark side of the moon is always going to come around for all of us. But do we resist it or we say, come, come, what you got? I'm ready for the next lesson. So mom died. And within a year, I was a single motherless mom. Mm. And then the 12 to 15 year court battle began. Mm -hmm. And I lost the house, the savings went into all that. (gasps) I went into a quarter of a million dollars of legal debt. In addition to all that, I just paid off my last payment last Saturday. Oh, yeah, baby. Really? Yeah. That's a lot of fucking money. That's got to feel good, huh? Oh, yes, it does. Yeah. So, all right. So, needless to say, I mean, there's been been a lot of dirt. There's been a lot of flowers. I mean, you, you obviously... Yeah, made the most of uh, this life that you've been given at this 
stage at this particular juncture. Mm. How are you most trying to help people then? I, mm. I, I mean, you've been you, you've been through the ringer and you've had bliss and you've had pain. I mean, the whole nine. So, how is it? How does all of that relate back to the work then that you're doing now in terms of trying to help people regain this intimacy in in, in their lives? We're on 43 million are on antidepressants, I believe, because they don't know how to feel the pain and move through it like an alchemy into the gift, into the lesson, into the growth. So I'm here to have, help people have an intimate, into me I see, relationship with the pain equally to the bliss so that they cannot resist it and stay present and make the highest choices they can for their life, mission, vision, and purpose. Mm-hmm. Specifically, I think it's the most fun to talk about relationships because that generally includes sex, and that's really fun and delicious. And and I like it to be heart open and authentic and unapologetic. So this is my area of expertise, helping people manifest their beloved while staying true to themselves, present, able to navigate whatever comes. Because every relationship is going to have tough times, tough money times, kids times, health times, all yeah. these different times. So to keep them together through that, not that every relationship has to stay together, but even if it comes apart with kindness. So that's what turns me on, whether it's being on my podcast or my newsletter or my books or my programs, my private coaching, my retreats, whatever it is, and a TV show that I choose to do. This is how I choose to contribute and shine and let it be totally safe wherever wherever you're ashamed, whatever you're hiding, wherever you doubt yourself, like, hey, come here, just like I do with little Alana, all my little Alana's on the inside of my heart. Mm. Like, hey, baby girl, you're, here's a shot of tequila. We're going to make it. It's going to be fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think of these, like, Jerry Maguire movie moments where, where it's like, You'll you com- complete me. Bullshit. Yeah, I do too. But what, what would you say to someone really like that? Really rich because you oh, t- complete me. <laughs> I just, I can't stand it. I mean, I get it. I get why they put it in the movie. I get all the parts about it. How, what do you recommend to someone? Because it just seems like so many people don't want to get their little Alana, get their little Richard, get their whatever, and just be okay with their wobbly self. And they're always looking to someone outside to complete yeah. what's missing on the inside. What totally. You- I have. I mean, if we really look at this, not everybody's willing to do the depth of work that all of us do. I mean, I really think, not that we're superior and, and dominant, but we're willing to do the hard work and be of the service. The messy That's work. The messy work. It's not easy. It's not easy. So I'm not here to save everybody, but the ones that are willing, and it might only be 1% of the population that are willing to really stop looking outward and find that home security and approval on the inside to have that level of, it's really just peace. It's just inner friggin' peace Mm -hmm. where no matter what the circumstance is, I'm going to stay centered and be the best dad I can be, best lover I can be, and give what I'm here to give. It's not for the faint of heart. Well, and also, wherever you go, there you are. Yeah. So next lifetime. Next lifetime. It's in in Journey to You also. I came up with that also. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but that's what I think is what I got. She was on my show just before this show. What are we bragging now? Nope, just stating a fact. <laughs> and she was awesome, but I had, you know, I've known you for years and years and years, but your work has evolved. Yes. And getting to know you from the New Media Summit, a new, mm-hmm. the last two, mm-hmm. and even listening to you talking and then having you on the show today, the raising of the good vibration, the support vibration, whatever area of your life, this challenge vibration doesn't need to pull down the support vibration no so you can grow and deal Mm -hmm. try and grow some more 
I think it's the greatest feeling when a challenge comes and you're able to lean in like Neo in the Matrix, like come, come. Like that feeling of nothing's going to fucking take me off my mm. purpose. Nothing is going to make me sway. Even if I need to spend the night before in the bath with a bag of chips crying my face off, which I do. It's not, again, like I'm not perfect, but I'm going to get back on track. Yeah. That, that self-worth, that knowing at the end of the day I have my back, we die alone. There might be people around us, but it's just us. And, and it's just us to look in the eyes of our creator. And if we can just say, I did my best and I had my back, that's enough for me. Mm-hmm. But to know that I avoided, rejected, judged, pretended, avoid, like shine people on. <laughs> Hi, creator. Like, I'm not going to have that moment. Sorry. Yeah. Not for me. So, I mean, a couple of things. Um, let me start going backwards for a second here with the whole conversation around depression. Uh, what's your take on... I mean, my, my take on depression is that, mm, having been there, yeah. is that you just don't have something that really fires you up. Like, it's not a matter that, and, and yes, there's mental illness, and pe- some people are sure. genetically predisposed and so on. I mean, you know, my neurotransmitter counts were, like, off the charts low, being sure. in the cold and gray of Chicago, but there is that genetic side of the equation. But in yeah. terms of, generally speaking, do you find that um, this whole conversation, and like you said, intimacy really begins with, with you. Yeah. Do you find that so many people that you encounter, at least in your work, who are depressed, is that because they just don't have something that sufficiently fires them up, like that one thing uh, that they're truly you know, compelled and meant to made to do? It's a component, but it's not the core. To me, depression is a suppression of anger, and underneath that anger is sadness. So to me, depression is emotions that have not been equilibrated all the way to your core. When you're mm. centered, you are at one with why you're on the planet. You are, you are inherently fired up. You just live your purpose, whether it's talking to people at the grocery store or doing a podcast like this. Mm-hmm. And there's an ease to it and a flow to it. Not perfection, and we have our bad days. But if there's something on, it's like sprinkles on top of the ice cream cone of shit. Yes, you're not fired up about your purpose, but why? Let's go deeper. Mm-hmm. Let's go to what are you using all of your energy to push down so I don't have to feel or face? That is the fire to sit and come to peace with. Alchemy is what happens there, turning that low vibration because it's you. Whatever's in there is you. Hi, you. Oh, I've been really mean to you, haven't I? Mm. (laughs) Sorry. Come here. Let's talk. It's transforming that relationship that's been stuffed down in there, not trying to get rid of it with whatever we try to get rid of it with. Mm -hmm. You got to bring all of you along. And then when those are aligned, there's a sense of congruency and and vibrational alignment and hormonal alignment and the body responds and and you're just sort of inspired for no reason. Mm -hmm. And the ability just to be unapologetic with who you are because you're no longer seeking approval or seeking safety because you found that with little you on the inside. Yeah. So from a relationship standpoint, obviously you've been through this now a few times as the relationship uh, evolves, as you evolve and so on. sometimes they don't keep, you know, they don't keep up. They don't, they don't keep pace with your evolution, right? So what do you do though? I mean, if you're in a situation where you're in a relationship with someone and you're just like, you don't have that Kama Sutra thing, which I don't necessarily know if it's realistic, although you're probably living that now because you know exactly what you want and you're older and so on. But I mean, if you've been married, you know, for a period of time and you Mm -hmm. have kids and you evolve Mm -hmm. individually, I mean, how can you build that intimacy uh, as a couple? And sometimes, I mean, is it square peg, round hole? Like no matter what you do, it's just you, you both have just grown apart? Sometimes, sometimes. I think it's unrealistic to think that everybody in our life is going to stay in our life for a whole life. Like we're all going to be together and then we'll all die together. Like that's insane too. So to be willing that, you know, the waves come in, the waves come out. And sometimes uh, it's a season, not for our whole life. 
Um, so before I would ever complete a relationship and get a divorce, I would do everything in my power to make it work. Mm-hmm. I would have each people, when I do couple sessions, there's separate sessions, private sessions, and couple sessions, because it's so easy to blame the other, but it's always about ourselves. So if each person is willing to do the work and grow and do the work coming together and it still doesn't work, then it's, it's, it's easy. You just consciously uncouple. The, the, the season is over. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times you can create phase two when that deep inner fire is lit again for yourself and for your reason on the planet and then sharing that together. Yeah, but when you have a certain way of being with each other, I mean, those patterns are super hard to break, right? Well, if you try to do the, the cognitive, read another book and sprinkles on top of the ice cream cone of shit they are, but when, when we know that everything's actually lodged in your you know, limbic brain and, and if we can dissolve those neural pathways, it's a hell of a lot easier to change those patterns. Mm-hmm. You're not at choice when you're doing a habit. You're unconscious. You've got to bring people back into consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. Saying, well, I think that in re- as individuals, if we're not constantly acknowledging ourselves – the good and the challenging, then we're not going to grow. Right. Consistent growth is key. Imperative. Being a parent is probably the best example I have about that because the way I respond to my children being teenage girls, you know, I can't get down in the muck with them. I can't spar with them. I can talk reasonably, but that took patience to keep my mouth shut. You know what I mean? Just DM them on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> then there's that. All right, so we just have a few minutes left here. Uh, what, in, just in terms of intimacy, what are, what are some of the things that we can begin doing in our lives, either on an individual basis or uh, if we're in a relationship with someone, what, what are some of those things that we can do to, to really increase that degree of intimacy that we have be willing to when there's a a feeling of fear or sadness or discomfort instead of checking it out or pushing it down make some time later in the day go for a walk in nature have a bath journal meditate listen listen with curiosity because it has a message for you not against you it's trying to get your attention Mm -hmm. so that would be one practice i would put um in terms of the receiving intimacy is not only about giving but receiving i would allow yourself to make love with the universe and the way i'd like to do that is let the sun literally penetrate the cells in my body or the pores on my skin i like to go to a garden and not just like oh lovely flower cognitively let's you know analyze that's a lovely flower No, no no let beauty blast you open have its way with you let yourself start to be moved start to receive in in health like safer ways Mm -hmm. so that when somebody gives you a compliment you're like oh you take it in you let it you feel the body sensations you open your heart a little more and when your beloved looks at you you oh my god i i have a beloved oh hi like you really connect more deeply like take your baby steps but if you can sink in and savor all moments more with yourself and the wobbly parts too and also that'll gives you the capacity that when your beloved is having a bad day you don't diss them or reject them you're like whoa you've had a really bad day and you can be the space without fixing and that oh that's delicious when you're just listened to and understood without being fixed no justification no ideas just wow tell me more <gasps> it's so yummy I have a super quick question on the fixed part. When you're just listening and you're just trying to be there and you're not trying to fix like, uh, but you want to like offer some sort of something that worked for you in the past. Is it just, just silence? Just shut the fuck up. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Just go deeper. Just go deeper. That's actually a sign of your discomfort with your own self in some things, wanting to fix or change yourself. Can you just sit, put your arm around the part of you that messed up and just go, Hey, that was a tough day, huh? 
I'm willing to sit with you for eternity, eternity, until you feel better. Something happens inside when you can rest that deeply. Mm. And then you give that as a gift to another. Yum. Good stuff. Yum. Mm. So what what are some of the ways that people can work with you or find out more information mm. about you? What, what, what should they do? I would love to give everybody the first chapter of my most recent book, my fourth book, Seven Steps to Manifest Your Beloved While Staying True to Yourself. It's alanapratt.com forward slash seven steps, the number seven steps. And if you just go to my website, alanapratt.com, there's, you can be redirected to my guys site. There's wonderful free uh, complimentary trainings about vulnerability for women. A lot of free resources, my podcast, my newsletter, mm-hmm. YouTube channel, lots of good stuff. What's the, uh, what, what is the name of the podcast? Intimate Conversations. And we talked about vampire sex with the Steve <laughs> Olson when Steve Olson was my yes. guest. Seriously, Steve? Oh, yes, vampire we sex did. Is true. We did. He's we trying did. to drive up his downloads. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> trying to drive right. everything up. Headlines capture yeah. it all. So, uh, and, and spell your name just so that people, because yeah, I've been mispronouncing it now since the day that I've met you, but it's I'll... okay. Uh, it's Alana Banana. Alana um, Banana, yeah. And it's A-L-L-A-N-A-P-R-A-T-T dot com. Nice. And what's got you in the last minute here? What's got you most excited for the future? I'm going to the zoo with Dustin right after this. The immediate future. <laughs> nice. Yes. The woman who lives in the present moment. That's me. I'm, are you, and you're going to have intimacy with the animals, but not in that way. <laughs> Just going to appreciate the Take beauty of the Yeah, of and the then Mamma Mia yeah. tonight. We're going to go sing ABBA songs tonight oh, see? on the lawn. Living That's so great, living right? the dream. I am. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful to be closer to you guys now. It's awesome. Yeah, I well, know. It's uh, super cool of you to to come into the studio and hang out with us. Uh, I mean, you got millions of views on your mm. and your YouTube stuff. I mean, you I got do, followers. Yeah. You've been doing this a long time. So, I mean, for you to to take you know the, the hour to to hang out with us and drive in and be a part of the reinvention radio crew is greatly appreciated. Oh, it's my pleasure. And everybody like learn more about the new media summit. Please go. I've been both an attendee and an icon. It's extraordinary. Sweet. And if this podcast moved you at all, can you imagine what would happen when you had your podcast to the world? So Steve will show you how. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll talk more about that. And for Mary Goulet and Richie Ote and White Ways holding it down the studio and Kelly Poker back home, I'm Steve Olsher. We'll talk to you next time on Reinvention Radio. Take care, everybody. You just got dismantled. Thanks for listening to Reinvention Radio. For more information about the show and your host, Steve Olsher, visit reinventionradio.com. You were born to do one amazing thing, but most people spend a lifetime trying to identify what it is. If you're in a job you don't like or are unemployed, If you're in a state of transition or just can't shake that nagging feeling that you were meant and made to do something extraordinary, then the Reinvention Workshop is exactly what you need. Led by award-winning self-help author Steve Olsher, the Reinvention Workshop will forever change your life. The Reinvention Workshop takes you step-by-step through Steve's proven formula that has helped so many people get on the right path and clear about what they were born to do. Take the first step to realizing the life you deserve and desire by visiting thereinventionworkshop.com today. No more delays. No more denial. Reconnect with your true self. Learn to live with purpose and conviction and become who you were born to be. The world is waiting for you. What are you waiting for? Log on to the reinventionworkshop.com today. That's the reinventionworkshop.com.